Hey, um, I'm Wilson from Nemitra Before, one of the pastors here. And we had an awesome guest speaker this morning named Tom Crandall. Tom was actually brought here by our student ministry pastor, Jordan Pelfrey. Everyone give it up for Jordan really quick. Next, next time you see Jordan, you need to just like slip him $5 because your life is about to be changed right now and it's because of him, all right? So just to tell you really quick, one more thing about the outpouring. It's a regional um, youth retreat that Jordan started it started the first year in 2017. We had about 115 people present. This year, there's 330 people at the camp this weekend. Isn't that awesome? Um, he's a visionary and he's amazing. There's the first night, I think my dad mentioned this, like 18 kids gave their life to Jesus. Two children who had, or two students who had some level of deafness were totally healed, got their hearing back. Um, uh, did, did you mention about the girl that came last night? She is an atheist, and there was a whole ministry time Tom led, breaking people free from self-hatred, sexual identity issues, pornography. This girl raises her hand um, boldly to get set free from all that stuff, and then two minutes later prays to give her life to Jesus. So... That's what's happening up in Camp Chautauqua. So honestly, like, if you want to just get up and drive up there right now, I mean, I don't think that's a good idea because you'll miss Tom, but. So tonight we're having Tom back. So it'll be 6 p.m. We'll have full-blown Holy Spirit night, which is, the, the, the difference is we just go longer, okay? Every spirit, every service we have here is a Holy Spirit service. It's just on Sunday night, when we do them on Sunday nights, we do it a little longer. Does that sound good? Um, one thing I was going to say about that that I cannot remember right now. Okay, the worship team tonight is the outpouring worship band. So that's going to be, it's going to be good because they're like in a flow and they've been killing it. But then also they're probably going to be like having to sing in falsetto because they've done so many worship sets this weekend. So uh, if you hear them miss a couple notes, give them some grace. But really cool. Yesterday I, is the first time I ever met Tom. I got to have lunch with him and dinner with him. I am a better person just from the time I spent with him yesterday. Honestly, like I've just had, literally bro, just like an impartation from you yesterday of a focus on God's presence. And just this morning as I was getting ready, you know, it's a little, it's like kind of hard work to put one of these services together and then to do it week in and week out and there's details flying around. And it's really easy to get um, focused on the details or the things that aren't happening or are happening or when your worship leader asks you questions from the stage during the set, you know, like. I just got to toss you under the bus there really quick, Tyler. But no, for real, the thing that I feel different from yesterday after spending time with Tom, after talking to Tom, after t asking Tom a million questions is a clear focus in my heart on the presence of Jesus. I just feel a, cl a clarity in my thinking when it comes to things happening around me and then Jesus Christ and the manifest presence, the Holy Spirit resting on me and letting my heart kind of focus in on that. So will you guys just stand up with me and um, just say this, say this, I want to receive everything Tom is bringing. Now let's just wildly cheer and welcome Tom Crandall to the stage. Amen. Hey, why don't you stay standing for just a quick second? 
Man, this is a charismatic church. You guys, this is a gymnastics church. You're not in a Presbyterian church. I love Presbyterians, but you are in a charismatic, spirit-filled, devil-stomping, Holy Spirit. Jesus is alive. He's coming back for a glorious bride church. <laughs> Amen. Maybe you're in this room right now and you're like, how did I walk into this place? Oh, God, somebody get me out of here. No, nah, you're in the right place. That was me, in fact, in 1995, 1996. I walked into the back of a church feeling so much shame from my past that, that I thought if people really knew what was going on in my life, I'd either get struck with lightning or they'd toss me out of here. And I found out that was a religious spirit talking to me and that it was actually the love of the Father was drawing me in, not to condemn me or to hurt me, but to encounter the love of God. Amen? I got a chair. What's this? Oh, man. It's next level right here. You guys seeing this right here? That's awesome. What was your name again? Give Jamie a hand. That was just awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Let's turn your affection to Jesus right now. You know, I'm, I'm a decent preacher, but I'm an excellent preacher when the Holy Spirit's here because he makes me way better than I really am. Somebody lift up a shout for that one. Praise God. <laughs> I do like to have fun, <clears throat> just warning you. So, Father, we just, we just turn our affection towards you this morning, and we just love you, Jesus. God, we love your presence. Go ahead and just lift your voices. Lift your voices right now. Lord, we love your presence. God, we love who you are. We love that you never change. We love that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we love that you're gracious and kind, compassionate, merciful, God of truth, God of grace. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my key, in what you hear, let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Can we sing it again? I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my key, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. Oh, let it be a sweet. Sweet sound 
Come on, just put your hand on the person next to you and say, get them, Jesus. Get them. In your mercy, have no mercy on them. Get them, Lord. Thanks for your presence, God. <laughs> Woo, how many guys are ready for more? Come on. Come on, Jesus. We want you more, Lord. We want your presence. I declare the Spirit of the Lord. But the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. Where the Spirit is Lord, there is freedom and liberty. I declare the freedom and liberty. You know it's God when it's this early in the morning. We feel like getting free. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so fun. So fun. You know. Um, I was, uh, we had a youth service a bit ago, and, these, and this one kid was dropped off at our youth service about, about two years ago now or so, and he was autistic, and he was so autistic, he was running circles in the foyer. Nobody, he wouldn't pay attention to anybody. He was just really, really tormented, and he came into the presence of the Lord, and a youth leader began to pray for him, and he came in, started coming into his right mind over a season of time, over about a month. And it was from November to December. And pretty soon, all of a sudden, I mean, he couldn't even sit down and talk to somebody face to face. He would run out of the building. Pretty soon, all of a sudden, he was up front worshiping, boldly worshiping. And then he began to have right conversations with people. Then I gave an altar call for somebody to get free from pornography. The kid runs up front, gets free from pornography, starts coming back more into his right mind, goes to the doctor in December. The doctor says, you no longer have autism. You don't need your medication anymore. Come on. Come on. Isn't that good? That's the presence of God. It's the Holy Spirit. Amen. We had, I called out a word of knowledge one time in, in Toronto, Canada, catch the fire, their youth service up there for dyslexia to be healed. And kids got healed right then and there. And then all of a sudden, you know, after they got healed, it went out on YouTube and then somebody saw it on YouTube and then they got healed from dyslexia just from watching it on YouTube. So right now we're going to pray for people. That's why I haven't said sit down yet. Some of you guys are obedient, remain standing. Other you guys disobeyed. I'm just kidding. If you need to sit, you can sit. But... Uh, so we're going to pray for people this morning. If you have dyslexia and you want to be healed of dyslexia, or if you know somebody or you're struggling yourself with autism or Asperger's disease or some, some one of those things, then we want to we pray for you. Also, I feel like somebody here has right hip pain and uh, somebody else is battling migraines. Uh, somebody has pain in your right elbow. Amen. So if you have any of those symptoms right there, just raise your hand up. And uh, okay, we're going to pray for you right now. The presence of God is here to heal. The Spirit of the Lord is here to heal. So just go ahead, get around them right there, and just begin to just pray. And, um, and we're going to just pray right now and declare the presence of God to come and just heal. You know, and I just break off the stigma or the shame that would come with dyslexia or Asperger's or, or, or autism or any of that stuff. We just declare you are a son, you're a daughter, loved in this place. So right now, we just speak to your bodies, be whole, be healed in Jesus' name. Go ahead and pray. Just specifically pray boldly. Go ahead. Thank you, God. We just declare the blood of Jesus over them right now. Thank you, Lord. 
All right, go ahead. And uh, somebody else here has digestion issues. I don't know if it's IBS or whatever. Somebody has digestion issues right here. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I just prayed healing in Jesus' name. Somebody has aller wheat allergies. Wheat allergies. Somebody, who's, who's battling allergies? You want to eat some pizza again or something? Heal. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Touch the Lord. Okay, go ahead and begin to just check it out. If it was your right elbow, try to do something you couldn't do before. Or, you know, if it was dyslexia right now, I want you to just get out your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, and just start reading right now. Go ahead and just check it out. Was there anybody here battling dyslexia? Anybody here? Okay, go ahead and just go ahead and grab a Bible and just start reading right now and, and just test it out. Just do something you couldn't do before. There's no fear. There's no performance. You don't have to be healed for my ego. Does that make sense? I want you to only, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. The kingdom of God is, is alive. He's here. Jesus is the king of the kingdom. And he's here, amen. Wherever Jesus went, people got healed. People got saved, delivered. Demons were cast out. Man, it's a good day to be alive, amen. You're not just coming to church. You were the church before you came. You walked into this place and the church increased because you're here. The presence of God lives inside of you. You're an ecclesia, set apart, called out to one, one to carry the presence of God. You're a saint, holy, walking in his presence. You're no longer a sinner. You're a saint, set apart to carry his presence, amen. Come on, somebody. Okay, did you guys go ahead and read? Did you guys check it out? Whatever. I just gave you one. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Did you, did you read that? 4.23. Go ahead. Oh, you're good. All right, go ahead. Jesus ministered from place to place throughout all of the province of Galilee. He taught in the synagogues, preaching the hope of the kingdom realm and healing every kind of sickness and disease among the people. Okay, so were, were you able to read that good before? No. <laughs> so what would, what would happen to you before? Uh, especially in a microphone. Yeah. I would totally, I just, when I was reading the wrong verse before, I couldn't even read it to myself wow. directly. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. You want to keep, you want to keep going? Keep going. It's amazing. You guys just see what happened? I'm not that awesome. That was God just doing some pretty cool. Uh, yay. Come on, Jesus. Keep reading. I mean, I'm getting smacked. Let's go. <laughs> His fame spread everywhere. Many people who were in pain and suffering with every kind of illness were brought to Jesus for their healing. Yes. Come on. Give God praise for that. That's amazing. That's amazing right there. Yes, God. Does anybody else want to read? You guys want to do that? Right over here. Do you want to give it a shot, bro? He's like hiding. No, don't talk to me. You want to try it? No, no you're good. Okay. No worries. No worries. So good. Anybody else test it out? Anybody, how's everybody else feeling? Anybody check out your, what, I don't even remember the words and knowledge I call it out. Whatever I call it out. Does anybody else? Elbow? Right here? You were? Hey, sweetie. What's your name? You are one beautiful little girl. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get prayer? No, she was in, she was in her class. Okay. Come here, sweetie. Yeah. I have a daughter, too. Her name, you know what her name is? It's Addie. She has curly blonde hair. She's 11 years old. She's my princess. 
Yep. Yep. We're going to pray for you, okay? And then do, do you like to read? Yeah. We're going we're gonna to read. So let me grab a, can you bring your Bible up here? Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Jesus is going to touch you, sweetheart. Yep. So Jesus, we just pray. Come Holy Spirit. Shaka shaka. <laughs> touch Lucy. Lucy, you like, do you like uh, Dragon's Race to the Edge? How to Train a Dragon? That's like my daughter's favorite. Do you know that? Do you like, um, what's his name? What's the name of the guy, the main dude? Hiccup. That's you. You like Hiccup? He's pretty cool. All right. We're going to pray for you. You want to try and read? Can you read for me? Here, let me see this. Verse 23. Can you try and read that right there? That's all right. You want to try? Yeah. Father, we just pray for your great grace to just touch Lucy in Jesus' name. Yep. Yep. You know you have angels in your room, sweetie. And you play and move with them. Isn't that cool? He's like, why did you bring me up here? I don't blame you. Okay, we'll pray for you. Brave girl. So fun. That was easy, right? You guys can do that. Okay, go ahead and be seated. <laughs> you guys can do that, right? Good stuff. Well, hey, I'm just honored to be here. Pastor Van and Lori, thank you so much for, for letting me come and just stay in, you, with your, in your home, your beautiful house. And eat your breakfast this morning. It was like a million times better than the camp food I had yesterday. <laughs> I felt like I needed deliverance and healing after eating, after eight, taking one bite of fake eggs yesterday morning. They were so gross. I took my fork and I stabbed the eggs and the fork, it was like hitting concrete. It didn't even move. So I was really grateful for your food this morning. So, but uh, you guys are just so hospitable and amazing. So could we just give them a big hand for just being so awesome who they are? Yeah. Amen. Last night was so cool when that one girl came up front to get saved. Uh, she told me that she'd been uh, messing with Wiccan and, and witchcraft even just last week. And she'd been wanting to get saved but just didn't know how. And she came to Christ last night and she was just weeping just as the freedom of God was just touching her life. Isn't it a good day that we live in? Come on, man. It's a good day to be alive. It's a good day to be alive. I'll, I'll tell you what. It's a good day to be alive. You know, I was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. I am not originally from California. So lift up a shout. Okay, but um, I, was, I love California, but we need, you know, salvation. Hallelujah. Born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. I only have one wife. Sorry if that offends you, but it'll make most of you laugh. And um, <laughs> I love Salt Lake. My parents got saved when I was just a little kid. And then I knew God as a kid and, and grew up with the Lord and then in seventh grade, I started hanging out with the wrong friends and walked away from God and started making stupid choices. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And um, so then I was about, about 16 years old, 17. I got a girlfriend that was just 
ugly as sin compared to my wife. She fell off the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down compared to how gorgeous my wife is, okay? But for the sake of the story, this is what this is my story, this is my testimony. And uh, she, so I was dating this girl, and it was just bad news for me. It was just like, you know, just not right. It was an unhealthy soul tie. And when I was 17 years old, I remember I was working at a place called Sports Park that had the outdoor go-karts and putt-putt golf and batting cages and all that stuff. And, and I was working there one afternoon, and, and, uh, and just miraculously, I was the only person out there on the, the go-kart area. There was nobody else there, which hardly ever happened. And all of a sudden, this one guy shows up with his two little kids in a place where Utah was, was less than 1% of the population was born again at the time. There was no believers. I didn't hardly know any believers in the public school system growing up. And so here I am sitting there, sports park, working out there. One guy shows up with his two kids. I put his little kids on this little kitty track where they're just doing circles. And I stand against the, the fence, and he's standing there. And I said, so where are you from? And he said, oh, I'm from Seattle. I said, Seattle, I mean, here's what's funny. Have you ever had God set you up for something? I mean, like, he's Jehovah Sneaky. You know what I'm saying? He just slips one in on you. And Jehovah Sneaky came along that day and for some reason baited my mouth with things to say. I'm sitting there and looking at this guy, and I said, he's from Seattle. And I said, oh, I heard there's a bad drug problem in Seattle, which I don't even know why I would care. I smoked pot at the time. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, yeah, it's pretty bad. I used to do cocaine for nine years, and then I quit. And I said, oh, my, my sister, my half-sister, she, she used to do cocaine too, and then she got saved. I don't know where that came from. It just came out of my mouth. I said, she got saved. And he goes, saved? And I'm like, yeah. You mean you're a brother, man? Uh, sure. Yeah, me too. I'm a warrior for Christ. That's how I got saved. That's how I got set free from cocaine. Jesus came into my life and changed everything in my life. And now everywhere I go, I preach the gospel and I share what Jesus has done in my life. And I'm sitting there looking at him going, Cool, that's awesome. But on the inside, I'm like Gumby melting under fire. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on right now? Conviction, fire of God hitting me. But on the outside, I'm like, awesome. And so he's just like going. He's just on fire for God. And I'm like, I've never met anybody like this guy. And I said to him in the midst of this conversation, I said, you know, I'm I'm thinking about getting the Book of Mormon because my girlfriend was Mormon at the time. Anyways, I said, I'm thinking about getting the Book of Mormon and reading it so that I can prove to her that it's wrong. And he looks at me and he goes, why would you read a lie to find the truth? And I was like, I don't And he said, Jesus said, broad and wide is the road that leads to destruction. But narrow is the gate that meant that leads to eternal life, and many will seek it, but only few will find. You need to seek the narrow gate, son. Totally. I said, yes, sir. And then he gets his kids off the track, walks away. I turned around, and I said, I knew it was real. I saw a white flame in my mind's eye right there, and I knew the presence of God was real and touching me, drawing me out of the darkness that I was in as he just walked away. Here's what that guy to this day has no idea that he was a part of my journey in changing my life. He didn't lead me in the sinner's prayer. He didn't invite me to church. He didn't do any of those things that we measure as success in sharing our faith to people in our city. He simply burned in front of me 
and it convicted me, and I'm standing here today as a result of this one man in my journey. I'm telling you, I'm preaching a message this morning called, You Were Born to Shine. You're born to shine. This church is born to shine. You have people in your city that are on the verge of suicide. People in your city that are on the verge of, of letting go of everything in their life, destroying their life. And God knows them. And he is not willing that any would perish, but that all in your city would come to repentance. And he's actually a good father with this. And he stewards his, his possessions, you and I, with great wisdom and care and strategic intentionality. And he actually sends us into the city to actually shine and be bright with the exact people he wants us around. Evangelism historically has been a platform ministry, a personality, a volume, a style, and it's none of those things. It's a grace that gets released from a person's relationship with God. Come on, somebody. Today, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit's about to empower people to go. You see, the Great Commission is not the Great Suggestion. The Great Commission was a commandment from Jesus. Basically, after the people had seen the Lord high and lifted up, you only have one choice when you see God. Like, it's time to go. He said this in Mark 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I'm not a preacher. I don't know what to do. You are now. You don't have to be a pro to preach. You just got to be yourself. Talk about Jesus. We're going to hit this today. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, by no means it will hurt them. And they'll lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Isn't that good news? Come on. You are born. Look at your neighbor and say, you are born to shine. Look at your other neighbor and say, you look better after hearing that now. <laughs> It's true. It's so true. You know, we had some crazy fires hit California this last year. They're actually in Southern Cal right now, and it's stuff not near us. But, but last year, I'm standing outside my house. It's late at night. A fire had jumped the Sacramento River, was burning up houses just a few minutes away from my house. I walked out of my back porch, and I looked off into the distance, and the whole top of the mountain was red, on fire. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, that's a little too close to my house. But here's the thing. Everybody in the entire city could see this burning fire on top of this mountain. That's what God's called us to be, is a light in our city. Amen? Man, if you're bored in church, I'm telling you, you need to get, you need to get going, because God's not boring. See, once I encountered God, I became a carrier of that encounter for somebody else. How many of you guys have ever been touched by the Lord? How many of you guys have ever received, received a miracle in your life? Come on. How many of you guys have ever heard his voice? Praise God. That means you're a carrier of that encounter now for somebody else. That's just good news. See, not everybody's an evangelist, but we're all called to be a witness. Amen? You know, I have a young man named Caleb, and years ago, this young man in Salt Lake City, Utah, he got saved in my youth group. And Caleb got on fire for God. One day he heard me say, if you want to know if God is real, lock yourself in the secret place in your bedroom and stay there until he speaks to you. I don't even remember saying that, but he took me at my word, went into his room, encountered God, was never the same, began to burn in that moment. Then he began to get books by Smith Wigglesworth and John G. Lake and, and all these different revivalists. He began to read and just, and just soak in the, you know, just what God was doing in power on the earth. And so he just began to prepare saying, God, it's my time. And, um, and so then 
you know, a little bit later, he gets a job and he becomes a lifeguard at a really popular aquatic center there in Salt Lake City, Utah. And so he goes to work his very first day. He gets there to work and he's up on the, you know, on the stand watching. And towards the end of his shift, his very first day at work, he looks over and they're dragging somebody out of the pool. Somebody had drowned in the pool. So actually, I wrote a book called Your Life Speaks. Sorry, forgot to bring any of them this morning. You can order at Bethel's store, and this story is in chapter one. So shameless plug. So anyways, he, um, he, he walks over there to this kid, this guy, the 18, 19-year-old man. They did his drug out of the pool, and he's sitting there lifeless. And so they immediately hook up the, the EKG stuff to his chest and begin to, you know, perform CPR and just trying to get him to come back to life. And when they hooked up the things to his chest, a timer started on the machine so it could tell how long there was no pulse. A minute goes by. Two minutes goes by. Three minutes goes by. That's an eternity when you're sitting there trying to get somebody to come back to life. They're just standing there. There's hundreds of people around at this huge aquatic center, many of them Mormon, most of them non-believers. Caleb's standing there by himself. How many of you guys know you plus God equals the majority? Caleb's standing there looking at this young man, dead, lifeless, no pulse, three minutes. Four minutes goes by. Five minutes goes by. Six minutes goes by. How many of you guys know after six minutes, after that long, you're basically, you're no activity in your brain, you're a vegetable. He's standing there looking at him. Seven minutes has gone by, just hooked up on the machine, not including the time that he was even down in the pool. Caleb looks at him. All of a sudden, he has this thought, now is my time. He'd been preparing in the secret place. He'd been preparing face-to-face with God in his bedroom, getting stirred by all these stories of John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth raising people from the dead. Jesus told us to raise people from the dead. So he's sitting there looking at the guy, and he just puts his hands out over his head, and he says in a voice about this loud, Jesus, have your way. Instantly, the guy sits up, coughs up a bunch of blood and water, and rolls back over, just tired, (laughs) fully awake, fully alive. And everybody's like, (laughs) Caleb's standing there like, oh my gosh, these babies are loaded. (laughs) The guy comes back to life. Come on, somebody. That's, you're called to burn. You're called to burn. You're called to be a light on a hill. You know, how do we, how do we become a witness to people? I'm going to go witness to people. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses all over. Right? Witness. What's it mean to witness? I'm going to come and I'm going to witness to you, and then I'm going to give you a track, and then I'm going to give you a track, and then I'm going to tell you you need Jesus, and I'm going to tell you you need Jesus. You know, it just doesn't work, right? I mean, it might because God's faithful and he loves truth, but, but really to be a witness is how many guys, you know, the other day I was driving, uh, driving to, to the doctor's office, and I'm on my way, and all of a sudden I saw an accident happen right in front of me. This lady was going. There was a semi. She was going, and she didn't even see the red brake lights, and she just just kept going and wham she slammed the back of this car and guess what I was a witness I just saw what happened so here I am I get out she was fine no nobody's hurt but I was a witness of the accident I'm just testifying of what I saw how many guys know that when you see Jesus touch your family when you see Jesus touch somebody in your life, when you see Jesus touch somebody, look, people are tired of church. They're sick of religion. They don't want nobody to tell them, you know, the do's and don'ts of serving God. They want somebody, they want to be alive. 
Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. Amen. Jesus is king. He's raising people from the dead. He's raising people in society and in culture. Let's go. Right? You see, how many guys, when I was a kid, uh, or, I'm sorry, when my kids were younger, and, and you know, Leslie made a meal, my wife made a meal and put it out for my kids, like, I don't want that. I, I just start eating in front of them. Oh, my gosh, this is so good. Take another bite. Oh, this is so good. Take another bite. And they're just looking at me like, I don't know if I believe you. Take another bite. Man, you're missing out. And because they see me enjoying this meal so much, they decide to take the adventure. It, might, it works much better than when I tell them, you need to eat your food. Right? When I inspire somebody, it just goes a lot better. Amen? Matthew chapter 10. Go with me to Matthew chapter 10. We're going to park here for just a second. Hallelujah. Come on. You guys bring your Bible? I often tell teenagers, if you don't bring your Bible to church, it's like going on a date without a girlfriend. It just don't work, man. <laughs> Matthew chapter 10, Jesus and his disciples were chilling, and, and when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness with all kinds of disease. In the book of Mark, the same story, it says he called them to himself. He brought them to his side. You see, if we're going to be effective witnesses for Christ in our city, you first got to learn it's not about just going out and doing stuff. How many guys have ever felt the pressure like, I need to tell that person about Jesus? Excuse me. Manifestation there. I need to tell that pe person about Jesus. I need to, I need to, you know, let them know what's going on. And you're just nervous, and you're just white-knuckling it, and you're sweating, you know, and you're like, I don't want to do this. Well, really, the model is come to Jesus, let him fill you, and then just overflow. We put so much pressure on ourselves to make something happen when really what we need to get better at doing is just getting around the Lord. When I get around the Lord, my heart just overflows. You know, I have the privilege. I've been on staff at Bethel Church for nine years, and I have the privilege of being in a room of giants and many times, it's just, I pinch myself. It's amazing. I sit there with Bill Johnson, and he'll just teach us about, about stuff. <laughs> Walking in the Spirit, or learning how the anointing flows, and my heart just comes alive. Or Chris Valentin will sit there and talk about the prophetic, and it just blows my mind. And, and you know, often I think, what is, what is that like? It's called overflowing. God wants us to be full. Amen? Full. Let's, what, is, what does full look like? Full doesn't look like, like this water is pretty full. Now it's overflowing. That's, this is what full looks like in the kingdom of God. God doesn't want you topped off. He wants you overflowing. How do you be a witness? You just overflow. Amen? So, instead of trying harder we just need to abide more yes. spending time with jesus is difficult for a lot of people because we feel like we have to get into god's presence and impress him <laughs> or do something to get god to come and really just learning how to practice being with jesus is as simple as sitting down acknowledging who he is giving thanks for who he is and letting him just come and love you amen my daughter is 
awesome. She's a spicy little girl. She punches me all the time. We play games like slug bug, and she hits me constantly. She's abusive to her father. And uh, my daughter, you know, my, my wife and I, we just celebrated 20 years of marriage, and we love each other more than ever. And um, we're sitting there. When my daughter was little, we would just love the snot out of this little girl. She did nothing for us to love her more. She didn't pay me. I got nothing out of it except her satisfaction of knowing my daughter is just my daughter. I just love her and who she is. And uh, so, yeah, we would just love, 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 love. One day, we, it's time for her to go to school. We took her to preschool, and I dropped her off first day. You know what she did? She turned around in front of all of her classmates that she was about to get to know, in front of the teachers, and everybody that was walking into the school and parents leaving. And she looked at me, and she said, Daddy! I said, yes, love. And she said, I love you past the moon, past the sun, very far to outer space, past outer space to glory, past glory to the other outer space. <laughs> and I looked at her, and I was like, I love you too, princess. I love you more, daddy. No, I love you more. Trust me, it's true. Nope, I love you the most. I'm like, no, I, we got into this love match of who loves who more in front of everybody. And it was like, she's just overflowing with the love that she never, it did not start with her. It started with yours truly. You see, what does evangelism looks like? It looks like just getting alone with your father and letting him simply love you. Evangelism historically is done from a place of shame. I don't do enough for God. I've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. I need to do more. I suck as a witness. I'm worthless. This is terrible. Okay, I finally need to just, Jesus loves you. I just want Jesus loves you. And they're like, oh my gosh, you're terrifying. I don't know what you're saying. Get away from me. Because the spirit we're releasing is fear and shame. And I got to do something. When we just need to get alone with God and let him Love us. Well, how, can I, how can I let him love me when I'm battling my porn addiction? Exactly. That's what you need to bring that to him. Just don't try and go deal with it. Just bring it to him. How can I let him love me when I yelled at my wife this morning? Just bring that to Just come to the Lord with that. He's a good father. You know, how can I let him love me when, you know, I've, I've been the same thing I've battled for 60 years. Well, last time I checked, you know, God's bigger than that. He's actually not intimidated by our weaknesses. You can bring that to and just let him love you. He's going to love the hell right out of you. And as you let him just love the hell out of you, guess what's going to happen? Heaven's going to get inside of you. And you get transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you know what God's heart and mind is for what's in front, in front of you. Amen? The Lord wants to send you with purity, with power, with love, but it's going to overflow from an encounter, not a liturgical class that teaches you the mechanics of how to tell somebody about Jesus. Last time I checked in John chapter 4, after the woman at the well, she met Jesus, and the Lord told her all that she'd ever done in her life, and it blew her mind, yet at the same time, a man was talking to not just a woman, but a Samaritan woman, and he didn't treat her like a dog. He actually treated her with respect, which was culturally not common. She felt loved, even though he, he told her, you've been married to, to not just one husband, but five husbands, and this, one, this dude you're with right now, he ain't your husband either. Like... She felt still loved by Jesus, even in the midst of her biggest flaws and failures, right? She goes home, and she says, this is the prophet. This is the Messiah to come. 
I'm telling you guys, y'all got to hear what he's got to say. I don't care how much power a person has unless there's love attached to it. They don't want to introduce them to people. She felt power and love from Jesus and wanted everybody else to find out who he was. She goes home, and she didn't have the four steps on how to do evangelism. She went home and just exploded. Y'all got to see this guy. He's amazing. She just exploded. Ah, why? She was carrying an encounter called grace that just touched her life, ignited her life, and she came and said, y'all got to see this guy. So they were open because of her testimony. Jesus comes, and then because, not just of her word, but now because of seeing him now, the whole town came to faith in Christ. Isn't that amazing? Evangelism is so easy. It's not hard. You know, my wife is incredible. She's from Pennsylvania. She is one of the toughest women I've ever met in my life. She actually leads first year school, co-leads first year school of ministry with BSSM of about 1,300 students, 25 to 30 pastors and staff. I mean, she's a strong, strong leader, but man, she is sensitive and kind and compassionate. You cross her, you're you're probably going to have a conversation. You cross somebody she loves, she's going to kill you. You know what I'm saying? That's just who she is. She loves Hallmark movies. God bless. I don't know why. But, you know, I let her love those, and it's okay. And occasionally, I'll, I'll do my, you know, I'll do my penance and watch one per, per Christmas season with her. They, they just released 40 new Hallmark movies. They're trying to kill us guys. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so my wife, she's, she's just, she's amazing. She, you know, she always is dreaming about vacations. She just... But she's so, she's my best friend. She's my absolute best friend. I'd rather be with her than any other person on the face of the planet. I just love hanging out with her. And, you know, we do want to kill each other at moments. But that's why we, you know, that that tension is what keeps us alive. Amen. Your body's full of tension, which is what keeps you alive. What am I saying? I'm telling you guys about somebody that I know. I'm intimately connected to. Evangelism is simply telling you, telling a person, about somebody you know, somebody you're connected to. Amen? Are you guys with me today? Come on, it's time to go. So what did Jesus say? He looked at his disciples and he said, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Go, and as you preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's the kingdom of heaven? It's, it's the realm of the spirit. It's the kingdom of God. Jesus is the kingdom of the kingdom. If you don't have the presence of the kingdom, then you don't have the kingdom. If you don't have the kingdom, then all you have is just religion. Ugh, I don't like religion. It's just not fun, and I like having fun. And so he said, go, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's it mean? Hey, the kingdom of God is really close. It's like this far away. So how do you get into the kingdom? You repent, you turn away from sin, you turn towards God in surrender. We can't earn our way to God. No man can earn their way to God. Isaiah 64 says that that that. Uh, you know, our, our righteousness, our righteous works, our works are like filthy rags before God. We can't earn our way to God. It's a gift to come to God, right? It's at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, now freely give it up. Amen. So what's church historically? Church has historically become, and pastor comes up here, and he teaches us, and here's you go, got to know God, love Jesus, get the sin out of your life, love the Lord. And you're like, okay, I went to church this week. But really, church is a lifeboat. It's a battleground. It's a training place for us to learn how to partner with the Holy Spirit, how to carry his presence 
out into the world so that the world around us can be healed. Most people are not going to come to your church, but you are the church who takes the kingdom of God to the people around you. Amen? Amen? And it doesn't have to historically look like evangelism, like, you're a sinner, sinner, you need Jesus. I can only talk to you about your sin right now. You know what I mean? Like, you can go up to a person. She got it. I'll work on you guys here now. You can, only, you can go up to a person and, uh, and just bring healing and open up their heart and mind to the kingdom of God. Get a word of knowledge. Love them. Be kind. And just overflow with the presence of the Lord. Amen? Just look at them and say, I love you. Pass the moon. Pass the sun. I've had many times, and I'm an evangelist. I've had many times when I go to witness to somebody and I feel that, oh, I don't want to do this. Or they're going to think I'm so stupid. Or all those thoughts that make me think about myself. Y'all, y'all with me? Y'all know what I'm saying? Think about it for a second. If you're in a spiritual battle coming to steal God's lost children from the enemy, and he can't shut you down, but he can only slow you down, what's he going to do it with? Lies. What do lies do? They only get you to think about what you're going to look like. But if instead you're like, I don't care what I look like, God, I'm going I'm to, I just care about what, what, what's on your heart. Amen? And so, you know, we got to go with Jesus. Jesus said, come to me, and then now go. It's just that simple. Evangelism is the easiest thing in the world. You're just telling somebody about somebody you're overflowing with. So I went to Salt Lake City at the mall. I took a group of students there one time from BSSM, and we're doing a missions trip, and we're in the mall. We're just walking around, and there's hundreds of people all over the place, and, and I just said, okay, God, who are you highlighting? Holy Spirit lives inside of me. He's like a light bulb. No, 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 I'm just looking, you know, looking. Who are you highlighting, God? Who, who do you want to touch today? And I saw this guy sitting there in red, and he had a gold chain around his neck, and a thick gold chain. And so I just thought, that guy, I'm just going to go for it. You know, if we don't take risk, then guess what? I can promise you nothing's going to actually happen. Amen? So I, I walked right up to him and I said, hey, bro, how you doing? And he goes, oh, hey, man. I said, bro, nice gold chain. And he goes, oh, thanks, brother. And I said, yeah, kind of reminds me. Sometimes we can get like chains of bondage in our lives that just make our lives tight. I was like, did I just say that? I was like, well, I guess we're going for the jugular today. And I said, sometimes you get chains of bondage in our lives that can just, you know, mess us up, you know, and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, totally, bro. And, uh, and I said, all of a sudden, after I stepped out, I was like out walking on water. I'm like, God, where are you? I got nothing else to say. I had a thought. It just boop, came across my thought. And so I just grabbed it and just took a risk. I didn't know if it was right. I just went for it. And I said, I said uh, hey, you know, were you a, I just I sensed that you just came out of a bad breakup, a relationship. And did her name start with an A? Was it, was it? Amber? And he looks at me with these big eyes, and he goes, Aubrey. I was like, really? Her name was Aubrey? He goes, yeah. And I was like, wow, that's okay. That's amazing. He goes, how did you know that? I'm like, I, the same spirit of God who knows your entire life lives inside of me, and he just revealed what's going on in your life to show you he's real. And he's just freaked out. And I said, 
I said, do you want to know the, one, the same one who's on my life? And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, and I just preached the simple gospel. You got to go with the simple gospel. A word of knowledge doesn't save somebody. It opens the door for them to hear the message of the kingdom that can bring them into salvation. So I said, I said to him, I said, you know, we're all born in the image and the likeness of God, but sin came into the picture like a virus and infected us. And we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, you know? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Everybody say death. Yeah. Say wages. wages. You earned death, but we got a gift. Amen? So I said, I said to him, you know, but God demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He loves us. He loves you. And he sent me here to tell you this, that and if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Do you want that? And he goes, yeah, I do. So like in three minutes, this guy was praying, surrendering his life to Christ. So right there, I'm leading him in a prayer of salvation, not the sinner's prayer, the beginner's prayer, amen? And he's giving his life to Christ. And, and then I like to get it play by play. As he's giving his life to the Lord, I said, what are you feeling right now? What are you sensing? And he says, I just feel weight coming off of me. I feel peace coming inside of me. And I was like, that's the Holy Spirit, bro. He, he's, he's alive. He lives. That's, that's Jesus in the Spirit. He's, so he's sitting there getting saved, getting touched by the Lord. He's just shell-shocked, right? And uh, so I gave him my number, and I invite him to church. And I walk away, and he texts me and says, I'm still shocked. How did you know that about me? He's just in shock as God became real to him, and he encounters Christ. Man, my life is fun. Isn't this just fun to do this stuff? Just overflow. Show up and overflow. Amen? That's the kindness of the gospel. Why don't you guys go ahead and stand with me this morning? We're going we're gonna to close with this here. If you're in this room, and maybe you'd say, you know, I don't know that I'm, that I'm walking with the Lord today. I, I came to church this morning, but I've been making decisions that, you know, I'm not, I, I just wish I wouldn't have done. Man, God's love is here. His kindness is here. If I could maybe have somebody come join me on the keys or guitar or something like that always makes a preacher sound way more anointed <laughs> let's just be real folks hey look that's a man that's a pianist right there he was running to the stage <laughs> tyler right that's what i'm talking about this guy gets it <laughs> see watch this in a second the lord's gonna come touch you go ahead in a second the lord's gonna come touch you you just felt it all increase right there can we have fun, right? Who is this guy? I just like to have fun. Be myself. Anyways, but if you're here and you haven't surrendered your life to the Lord yet, man, God knows you. I feel like there's a husband here. Your wife's been praying for you. You've been resisting. God has your best life standing in front of you. Your best is in front of you, not behind you. He's not here to kill your desire for the Pittsburgh Steelers or kill your desire for football or for working in your shop or whatever he actually wants to refer refine you listen god didn't come to refurbish us i bought an old car one time and i refurbished it and we made it really nice and we worked on it for a while god's not here to refurbish you he's actually here to kill you what's that mean when christ died on the cross he died in our place so that we could come to him by faith and be crucified with christ he received all the pain and punishment and curse for our sin and then we were buried with him in a, in a grave. 
And then we were resurrected with him in newness of life, where we come up with him and are born again in new life. God wants to give you a new life and replace you from your old life. Your old life dies. When you come to Christ, your old life dies. You don't come to, you can't fool God. You don't make deals with God or bets with God. Lord, I'll serve you if never works because he is the Lord and I am a man. Amen. But he loves you, and he's drawing you to himself. You Listen, when I came to Christ, I was a hardened sinner. I lied constantly to get out of certain things. I was not doing stuff that was honoring towards my family or myself or anybody. But when I came to Jesus, it was his love that absolutely conquered my heart and melted me from the inside. And God is here today drawing anyone here to himself. So everybody just close your eyes, bow your heads. Close your eyes. Just I want you to be alone in your own soul right now, face to face with God. He cares about you. He sees where you've been. He sees the pain you've been wrestling with, the struggle in your marriage. He cares about you. You've been trying to do it on your own strength, been trying to work on your own, trying to figure it all out. And right now, God the Father has drawn you here by His Spirit in Jesus' name. So if you're here right now and you'd say, you know, I'm ready to surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus. I'm done trying to do it on my own. And God, I'm going to trust you with my life, whatever you want that to look like. I'm going to ask you to do something really courageous. I'm going to ask you in just a second to slip up your hand and to acknowledge to the Lord that you just need him. I'm done doing it in my own way, God. I need you. Are you ready? Go ahead. I want you to lift your hand up. One, two, three. Go. Come on, I see that hand. Hands all over. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Look at this. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. God loves you. God cares about you. Listen, here's what I want to do. I want to take it a step further right now. If you'd say, man, I, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want to just deal with your past. He's going to wipe away your past, wipe away previous decisions, wipe away shame, wipe away, uh, you know, a different lifestyle, and you're going to step into the newness of life. He's going to take out the old heart, and he's going to replace it with a heart of flesh, a soft heart that's heart that's 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 soft towards your family not pistol whipping towards your family he's going to replace it and he's going to fill you with the holy spirit so here's what i want to do as a prophetic act to say i'm leaving behind the old life and i'm stepping into the new i want you to step out of your chair and come forward here and we're going to pray for you this church family is going to celebrate you and your decision go ahead go ahead and begin to move right now go ahead many of you guys that raise your hands come on go ahead and come on up here god bless you guys come on come on come on up here Come on up here. I know it takes so much courage to do that. God bless you. God bless you. And we get some pastors to come on up here and pray. Come on. Come on, you guys that raise your hands. Come on, just surrender to the Lord. You're just saying, God, I'm going to leave behind my old life. I'm going to leave it behind. God, I'm going to fully surrender and just come to you. Maybe some of you guys here, you'd say, you know, I've been in church a long time, but I haven't been, I haven't been surrendered to God. I haven't been, I've been backslidden. I've been away from God. Today is your day. The Bible says now is the time of salvation. Amen? Now is the time. It's a new day. It's a new day. If any man be in Christ, old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Amen? Amen? Everybody else, put your hands on the person next to you there. I'm going to pray for an impartation of the Holy Spirit that God would just touch you right where you're at and that you'd be filled with the Holy Spirit, begin to overflow. How many of you guys want to overflow? Come on. Lord, I just pray right now just the overflowing power of the Holy Spirit to come and touch this crowd. 
touch this crowd. Fire of God, come and touch this crowd in Jesus' name. Fire of God, come. Fire of God, come. Touch this crowd in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Listen, there's still time. If you raise your hand and you say, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to go all in. I'm going to leave it behind. All in. I'm going to fully surrender. You can still come on up here. You can still come on up here. Come on. Jesus' name. How many of you guys feel something right now? Like the presence of God just came on you. You feel wind, fire, something like that. If you feel something, I want you to come up front here. Just come on up front here. Come on up front here. God's glory is going to increase. Tonight, man, it's about to go down in this place. God's glory is here. We're going to go for it tonight. It's going to be so much fun. If, you, if you're feeling the fire, you're feeling something from heaven, I want you to just come on up here. We're going to ask it to just, we're just going to honor what the Lord's doing. If you have children, please go grab yep. them. Bring them back in here if you want to keep getting ministry, but we have to turn over the service in a little while. So if you have kids, grab them, come back in, keep getting filled. So don't good. not get saved if you don't want to go get your kids. Come yes. down and receive Jesus instead of that, okay? This one's on us. But. Get your kids and bring them back into the presence. Yeah. Yeah. So, Father, we just ask you for more. Come, Holy Spirit.